Sports Talk New York with your hosts, Mark Rosenman and A.J. Carter. Sports Talk New York is sponsored in part by Prince Associates for all your insurance needs, the Phoenix Tube Company, the law firm of Declator Cohen and DePrisco, Solomon Jewelers, and General Needs Charity, serving our homeless veterans with dignity. And now, here are your hosts, Mark and A.J. Joining us now is a man who played for the Kansas City Royals, Montreal Expos, Washington Nationals, Philadelphia Phillies, New York Mets, Seattle Mariners, Texas Rangers, and Baltimore Orioles. April 29, 1996, he was signed by the New York Mets as an amateur free agent. He would go on to play over 1,000 games in the majors, most of those games right here with the New York Mets. His signature moment came at Shea Stadium, Game 7 of the 2006 National League Championship Series. Top of the sixth inning with the game tied 1-1, Cardinals third baseman Scott Rowland hit a pitch off Mets starter Oliver Perez. Leaping over the eight-foot-high left field wall, he caught the ball with the tip of his glove and to Rob Rowland of a two-run home run. He then threw to cutoff man second baseman Jose Valentin, who threw to Carlos Delgado at first base to double off Cardinal center fielder Jim Edmonds for an inning-ending double play. It is a pleasure to welcome the man who made the catch, Andy Chavez to Sports Talk New York. Welcome, Andy. How you doing? Hi. Thank you. I'm good. Thank you. about you? I'm doing good. We're talking baseball, so it's always good. So take us back when you're 18 years old. You're drawing the attention from the Colorado Rocky Scouts. You're ready to report to the team's baseball academy when two scouts from the Mets, Gregorio Machado of Venezuela and Junior Roman from Puerto Rico, approach you. Well, yeah, uh, that was uh, something that I wasn't expecting because Colorado Rocky was interesting on me, but... You know, uh, baseball was finished at um, that time. So they say, oh, just keep working, and we want to see you next year. So I just, you know, okay, nothing I can do. And then uh, Gregorio Machado and Junior Roman, they came to me like a, a week before when I had to go back to the academy. And they say, don't go there. We want to sign you and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, for sure, because I got to, you know, be there. And they like, no, no, no. We're going to, you know, negotiate with you and, and keep you with the Mets. And I'm like, okay, uh, so I, I won't go. <laughs> <laughs> so Omar Menaire was with the Mets front office back then. How instrumental was Omar in getting you to sign with the Mets as well? Well, um, he, he treated me pretty good. Um, I met him in, uh, I think it was the Caribbean series when uh, I was in the manually system. And, you know, he spoke to me and he welcomed me to the team and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I was like, wow, you know, he's been, you know, around the organization. And I'm like, you know, very happy to meet him. And after that, well, uh, I think he got uh, the job for for Expos, and when I was, um, uh, uh, I was myself in, uh, how you call that list? Um, unprotected. Yeah, unprotected, so he picked me up from that list and and keep me on, on the roster. So unlike, you know, I played three years with the Expo. He, he was the GM there, and then I had the opportunity to play for him again with the Mets later on. 
So when you sign with the Mets, you make your climb through the Mets minor league systems. Mickey Brantley, Doug Flynn were your first managers, as well as Ken Berry, Tim Foley, Howie Freeland, Dave Engel. Was there any one manager during that climb that was more instrumental than the others in making you the ball player that you'd become? Well, uh, I think Mickey Brantley, when, when I was in the rookie ball, he was pretty good because, uh, you know, he teached me a lot of stuff how to handle professional baseball. And um, he's a good, very good hitting instructor. So um, I think I, I learned a lot from him, he, and especially when the problem was the language because uh, I didn't understand nothing at all in English. So he, he find a way to let me know what I need to know. So uh, that was good. Uh, you know, I, I didn't have that... Um, opportunity to have like a lot of co uh, Latin coach then you know they can translate and all that kind of stuff and and I just you know next to one player they know the English very well and I'm like hey what he said what he said so that 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 thing I can understand what I have to do but uh today it's different way different you know most of the time they they can the coaches can explain now to the Latin players in English and in Spanish. So it's a very good advance. So we can, you know, create better players now. It's so interesting you mentioned that because our first guest was Luis Tiant, and he, he talked about coming from Cuba as a 17-, 18-year-old, not knowing one word of English, and he basically told us that he basically learned the language from watching uh, Bugs Bunny and, you know, cartoons. And, you know, <laughs> and he said that he literally would, you know, go after practice and after games in his hotel room and, and cry because he was, you know, here by himself. So people don't realize, you know, over and above having to have the talent, when you come from a different country not knowing the language, how much more difficult it is to get to the majors. And it's interesting, too, because despite excelling in the Mets system, and you even won a Doubleday Award for excellence in the system, you're left unprotected in the Rule 5 draft in 2000. You're claimed by the Kansas City Royals, all right? Mm -hmm. You then returned to the Mets, but then traded back to the Royals. Uh, you played for the AA Wichita Wranglers, AAA Omaha Royals, before making your Major League debut with the Royals mm -hmm. May 29, 2001. What do you remember about that day and that first game and your first taste of Major League Baseball? Well, it's a lot of things, you know, crossing my mind, especially when I get to the hotel. And, you know, I, I saw the very nice hotel, not like I used to be. And the first thing that I, I realized was when I came to my room, I saw one bed. And I'm like, what? One bed? I, I'm sharing the bed with, you know, one of my roommates. And I'm like... How can I be possible on the mayors? I'm like, okay. When I get to the stadium and I ask for my rooming, and they say, hey, man, we're in the mayors. We don't use rooming. I'm like, really? That room is only for myself? Nice. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, yeah. And, and the first experience that I had was when I went to the dugout and, I, you know, uh, Rangers was practicing. And I just elevated the eyes to to all the, you know, the stands, you know, is the old stadium very high and like, wow, uh, you know, I can fit a lot of people over here. And then I see to the field and I can, you know, recognize Alex Rodriguez, Ivan Rodriguez, <laughs> Ken Caminiti, uh, Andres Galarraga, Rafael Palmeiro, and I'm like, whoa, all these guys are just watching on TV. 
So the, I'm here with them, no? And then I was playing. I was playing that day. I was uh, playing in center field, uh, uh, hitting in the night position. And um, I, I was so nervous that I, I remember my first at bat. Uh, I was shaking, and I just trying to move, you know, myself so nobody can, you know, tell me that he's shaking. So um, when I when I was hitting, something come up because uh, we are still situation. Ivan Rodriguez throw the guy out on second. I, I did the fake bunk, the fake bunk, and um, and the umpire on third base say I went, and I'm like what. I pull it back, and I went, and so the hitting coach started arguing, the manager, and, and it's coming a big fight. And I'm like, oh, my God, my first at bat. <laughs> so I don't want to move. <laughs> I'm like, wow, watching everything. So the hitting coach got thrown out, and I'm like, wow. And Ivan Rodriguez asked me, hey, you didn't win, right? I'm like, nope, but I, I don't want to move. <laughs> I don't want to get thrown out on my first at bat. <laughs> and I'm like, well, all that thing happened on my first at bat. And then finally I hit the ball in the hole in the uh, third and shortstop hole. And Caminiti just diving forward and throw over his knee and throw me out on the first day. <laughs> wow, that's a great story for the first at bat. So you know, <laughs> 29 games with the Royals, you were then claimed and waived by both the Mets and Detroit Tigers uh, before being claimed, like you, you mentioned, by Omar with the Montreal Expos. We played in 309 games over three years. You also have the unique distinction of recording the final out in Montreal Expos history in their 8-1 loss to the Mets at Shea Stadium. Players who've played in Montreal loved it, and there's been, you know, so many of the fans have lobbied to get Major League Baseball back in Montreal. Did you enjoy playing up there? Oh, for sure, yeah. I mean, I love that city. Uh, that city is very comfortable to play baseball. The only bad thing is, you know, we don't have many fans to go every day to the to the stadium. But you can have it all there, you know, apartments, uh, restaurants, hotels. Everything was very comfortable to play there. So you spend some time with the Washington Nationals and the Phillies, and then you become a free agent for the first time in your life. You sign a one-year contract with the New York Mets in December of 2005. Mets manager Willie Randolph works with you to improve your hitting, which resulted in a 90-point jump in your batting average over the previous season. You hit 306 and 353 at bats with the Mets as their fourth outfielder, um, a lot, spending a lot of time as a replacement for the injured left fielder Cliff Floyd. Your improved hitting and excellent defensive skills was a huge contribution to the Mets winning the National League East. What were some of the changes that Willie made that led to your success? Well, I think, uh, like... Omar Menaya, when he signed me, he just told me, like, uh, he wanted me to just fill the fly balls. I need to catch the fly balls. And, and don't worry about hitting because uh, the lineup that I'm building is pretty good. So we got people that can hit. And I'm like, I think he told me that just so I don't get pressure, you know, in the offense. But that's what he told me. He, he told me, like, just get the fly ball. That's it. And um, I remember uh, Willie called me on the office, and he told me, hey, Andy, only I'm going to ask you is just bring your energy to my team. That's all I'm going to ask you. And I'm like, what? He's asking me that. Like, 
that's all. He don't want me to ball. He don't want me to steal. He don't want, you know, to do something like that. He just told me, bring your energy to my team. And I'm like, okay, no problem. <laughs> so uh, I think uh, that was the key the, to be successful in, in, in that year because they don't put me any pressure. They don't, you know, ask me to, to do something that I'm not used to do. So just go play baseball and do me, and and, and that's what what happened. With, with that <clears throat> changes that you made, was there a lot of confidence that came because the success then stayed? It sustained throughout the rest of your career. It was that one year that really then set you up for the rest. So did you gain a lot of confidence that year? Yeah, for sure. And I think uh, I had a mind to hit 300 that year, and I think that that was it. And for, unfortunately, I was hitting before the pitcher, and that's not very good spot to hit 300 because uh, you're not going to see many pitches hitting in front of the, of the pitcher. And, um, but uh, I, I realized I had only one pitch to hit and not miss it. So I, I did pretty good that year and, and be, you know, a lot of consistently hitting uh, a, a strike zone. And I did. I did well, and, and like I said, I was, you know, in the competition, I like, you know, challenge, and I like to play when the, the stadium is full, you know, I like a lot of fans, I, I enjoy a lot when there's uh, more people in there, it's like uh, I got more focus in the game, so uh, I think that was it, and, and I'm coming from Venezuela, that I used to play for a very famous team over there, Navigantes and Magallanes, and we play full every day. So, and it's a very you know challenging team. And when I get to the to the match, it's almost the same. And so I, I feel like I can handle. It's interesting you mentioned about your time in Venezuela. You actually played 19 seasons over there. Um, and people here in the States might not realize how popular you were there. And your popularity probably was not a good thing for Venezuela's president, Hugo Chavez. Can you tell our audience uh, about a particular cheer that uh, was popular over there back in the day? Oh, uh, like right now? Yeah. The <laughs> do, do you remember well, the, the chant? Well, uh, right now the thing you know is going very crazy, and it's, and it's sad because uh, it's getting a lot of uh, messed up because the the players not getting opportunities you know to continue to grow up, and um, and it's and it's tough. That's why I think I, I retire because I'm like you know. It's too difficult to to make a trip, uh, you know, city by and and cities, and and it's it's not easy to to get in in the road over there. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? This is going to be my last year, and I'm not going to retire because I'm keeping myself in shape and playing an independent ball, so I can play there. But uh, I saw that situation over there, and and I like, you know. I think that's going to be it. I think the chant there is something that goes like NDC, you know, you go no. I think that's the <laughs> chant over there. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They have fun with, with that. <laughs> For sure. All right, so we mentioned in the open about your signature moment with the Mets. From the time the ball leaves Ali Perez's 
hand. That play takes a total of 12 seconds. So for those in the audience that don't really re remember the situation, um, there was one out in the top of the sixth inning. The game was tied 1-1. The Mets had won 97 games in the National League East. They were favored in that series. But Ali Perez was the left-handed starter that day. He was on the mound, and Ali had a 13-3 record that season, um, but he was 1-0 in this series after winning Game 4 in St. Louis. Um, the reason why he's on the mound at that point in, in the rotation was only because El Duque Orlando Hernandez had torn his right calf muscle and Pedro Martinez had torn his rotator cuff. Um, both were done for the season. So walk us through that amazing 12 seconds and what you remember about it. Well, everything happened so fast. I think it was uh, less than 12 seconds. But, <laughs> you know, when Edmo Watson first, and uh, he got the walk, and Scott Rowling was coming behind. And, like, you know, I, I used to, we, we had, like, a scout report chat that we, we, we already know what work, you know, uh, put my position to play him. And, um, in that case, I'm like, you know what? Uh, this guy is he's strong, and we already know uh, they pitching in. So I'm like, you know, I'm not gonna get you know fifth step back. So if he's he's the ball in the gap, I'm not gonna you know go for and uh, trying to get Edmo at home playing, so we can continue to have the game tied. If he's on the line, same way, and. That's why I didn't play in the same spot that I normally play him. So I just, I, I just feel it. And uh, I just went by like four steps. And, and I think that was it because that gave me the chance to get to the wall and make the jump and, and make the catch. And honestly, I didn't thought I'm not going to make it because I saw the ball so high. And like, I don't, I'm not a basketball player. I used to play, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I don't have that high. And, you know, so uh, for my surprise, I, I felt when the ball hit the, the glove and, and I'm like, oh, it's in. So uh, I didn't have that strength to, you know, tie them up in my glove. And I, I told, you know, when I pull it in, I throw it in the air. So I was looking for the ball and I didn't see it. So when I saw my glove, it was right on top of my glove. And I'm like, oh, it's here. So... I, my reaction was to uh, look for Edmund and see where he was. And I saw him stopping, like, right on the, between shortstop. And I'm like, okay, he better get back quick because I'm going to first. <laughs> and I saw Jose Reyes, you know, calling for, for the ball. And I'm like, Reyes, I got good arm and you, you too close to me. So I threw <laughs> the ball to Valentin because I liked the infielder made the short throw, and I made the long throw. So uh, that, that's what happened, and Valentin made an easy throw to first, and we double up. Yeah, the, the expression on both Ali Perez and, and Carlos Delgado when, you know, Delgado gets it at first is priceless. But what makes that catch even more amazing is you have that catch on your resume, all right? And okay. that makes the decision in the 2011 World Series Game 6, the biggest head-scratcher in my... I can't even fathom this. All right, so you go back, the Texas Rangers, and you guys are up three games to two over that same St. Louis Cardinals team. Your guys are up by two runs. You come up in the top of the ninth inning to pinch hit. You pop out for yeah. the final out, 
And I have to assume that you automatically thought you're going back into the, out, the outfield as defense in the bottom of the ninth. And I actually went back and looked at this. That season, you had done that 10 times in that season, and you had already done it in game two for Greg Gentry. So yeah. I guess the question is, were you surprised that Ron Washington didn't send you out into the field? And then if you were, what, what was going through your head when you see David Fries' hit to Nelson Cruz, a play that, and do you think you would have made that play? No, the 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 first the, the you know the thing that people don't know is uh, when they told me to hit for the pitcher in the ninth inning, they told me I'm not gonna stay in the right field for Nelson Cruz, and I'm like, okay, no problem. So I was the last out in that inning, and I just handed out my helmet to the coach on first base, and then. They started wearing me from, from the dugout, waving at me, like, no, come on, come in, come in. And like, so I'm not going to right field. They say, no, just come in. And I'm like, okay. So I, I went in. And they changed their mind. Uh-oh. And after that, when I saw the ball, when he freezes, I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> because uh, I saw... Nelson playing too shallow. And in that situation, you're supposed to play no doubles. No doubles, right. If, if, it, if it's going to be over your head, it better be a homer. So I, when I saw that ball, I like, I would automatically doubt he can get that ball. So, you know, that was surprised me like, wow. Well, you know, things happen. I don't know why they changed their mind because they, they've been using me that way. Yeah. But, you know, that's baseball. <laughs> it's a shame because I have a feeling that would have been the Texas Rangers World Series to win at that point for sure. So you retired after 21 years in professional baseball. You transitioned to coaching last year as a coach for the Brooklyn Cyclones. Um, do you have in your mind, you know, down the road, maybe a managerial you know, position in Major League Baseball? Is that a goal of yours? Well, like I said, I never closed that door. You know, I wanted to learn. Um, how to be a coach, how to handle players. And, you know, in the future, if we, um, I had the opportunity, I'm not going to take it because uh, I think I, I like it. I like to be, um, you know, making those kind of decisions in the game. I know I understand the game a, a lot. And I just want to know, low, learn the outside part, uh, the, the outside um part of the being a manager awesome andy thanks so much for your time tonight as well as giving your all for over 300 games in a met uniform and of course from one of the most memorable catches in met history uh, it would have been probably the most memorable catch had the mets won that game but it still is an iconic catch and it, it's just great to watch it over and over again thanks so much andy we appreciate it no problem thank you for the opportunity well i hope the people Enjoy this conversation, and, well, we got something positive about it. Absolutely. All right, Andy, see you soon. The great All right, thanks. You got it. The great Andy Chavez.